Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Mike Grauber. I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer here in Zurich. On this show, we have Tim Gege from our currency desk in Geneva. And then we go over to crypto with Manuel Villegas from our Next Generation Research Team, who we are pleased to welcome for the first time on this show. But first, briefly, to the market action overview. After the monster rally in equities on Wednesday, U.S. equities closed little change yesterday after falling initially on a report showing manufacturing contracted last month for the first time since May 2020. During the day, U.S. equities recovered from their lows. Treasuries rallied and the dollar fell after an inflation report showed that prices rose less than expected in October, further fueling expectations that the U.S. Federal Reserve needs to go less far in raising rates to combat inflation. More to the point, Fed Chair Howe's preferred inflation gawk, the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index excluding food and energy, rose a less than expected 0.2% in October, its second lowest monthly rise this year. Today, the all-important U.S. payroll report will be out. Expectations are for an increase of 200,000 in November. This would be the lowest figure this year, indicating that the labor market is in fact cooling. So let's see if the release of the job report can move the interest rate expectation needle and markets overall today. Over to the South African Rand, it posted its worst one-day loss since May. It is at 17.6 to the US dollar this morning. This comes as Parliament is reported to have found grounds for lawmakers to consider impeaching President Ramaphosa on the so-called cash-in-sofa scandal. His resignation would obviously put his reform agenda for the economy at risk. Over in Asian trading, Japanese equities are down 1.6% as the yen has been up for the last five days against the US dollar. And maybe in a sign of shifting priorities, China's central bank governor said the focus is now on growth. Just as the country's Politburo meets to set broad guidelines for economic policy for the coming year. Chinese equities are slightly lower this Friday. And on oil, EU governments are reported to have tentatively agreed on a $60 a barrel price cap on Russian seaborne oil. This would allow countries to continue importing Russian crude oil as long as they do not pay more per barrel than the agreed limit. Rent oil is at just around $87 a barrel this Friday morning. And lastly, with markets awaiting the U.S. jobs report at 8.30 local time, European equities are indicated to open slightly on the lower side. But that's all on the markets wrap. And now, as already mentioned, over to Tim Gege, head of FX and PM Solutions Geneva, with his take on the currency markets. Hi, Tim. Hey, good morning, Mike. I actually had my own uh, cash-in-sofa scandal uh, recently where all three of my sons claimed that a five-franc coin belonged to them. I solved it in time on this fashion by keeping it for myself, but I assume the one in South Africa is a little more serious. I'm actually in Zurich for the day, so I will be concise for once, as there are gipfeli to be eaten, those are croissants, for those of you whose German is as bad as mine. Obviously pretty happy this week with both the evolution of the World Cup and the evolution of the dollar. I think it's safe to say that some key levels have clearly gone. 
uh, looking at 105 in euro dollar, looking at 122 in cable. We are now well above 200 day moving averages in both key pairs, while even dollar yen has actually made a pretty uh, decent uh, move to the downside. Hopefully, well, hopefully, because it's my view, uh, this should create a decent base to build on. And I would also remind everyone that we were still only 150 pips above the 2016 euro dollar Trump low of 103.65. So for us, there's plenty of room here for the dollar to continue to weaken into year end. I would probably look at taking some partial profits on dollar shorts, as always, uh, for those people who got in a bit lower down. But technically and fundamentally, I still believe there is more dollar weakness to come. Let's see if non-farm payrolls has any impact. But I think, honestly speaking, whatever it says, I'm not going to change my mind because my views on this one are pretty clear. So for once, I will be quick. I wish you a happy Friday and a lovely weekend. Back to you, Mike. Thanks a lot, Tim. I hope you get to enjoy also a little bit beautiful Zurich on this December day. And now we are pleased to have Manuel Villegas, Next Generation Research, on the show. Uh, Manuel, what is your take on the continued fallout from the FTX collapse? Thank you, Mike. It is a pleasure. So the month of November surely marked a breaking point for the digital assets space. With the collapse of FTX and the further contagion effects we have seen since, I think we're all quite familiar with the topic as Carson has been talking about it recently as well. We've also seen how centralized exchanges have been under a lot of stress lately. Investors have lost confidence in their custody solutions after realizing that some of these are not regulated, so we reinstate that it's time to understand custody. Investors have since started to withdraw their assets back to self-custody wallets or more regulated avenues, and as a result, decentralized exchanges have been regaining some of the market share lost from centralized exchanges in the year to date. Even despite the fact that centralized exchanges are one of the main avenues for on-ramping assets, this meaning transforming fiat to crypto and back, decentralized exchanges have maintained the position, have improved recently. There's an exception, though, in terms of centralized exchanges, and it's the case of Binance, as the CEO Changpeng Zhao committed to a more transparent ecosystem with the offering of providing proof of reserves to a certain extent of the exchange uh, holdings and attempting to propose a 1 billion US dollar recovery fund for the industry. Their native token, BNB, has experienced some double-digit gains since the announcement. So, we maintain our view that a rapid short-term recovery looks unlikely, as the recent events have deeply wounded the crypto market. However, and most importantly, blockchain technologies have been working as expected. Blockchains are fine, and smart contracts in major blockchains like Ethereum are working as expected. And the crisis has been a failure of poorly regulated centralized exchanges and not the underlying technologies. Back to you, Mike. Thanks, Manuel, for these very interesting thoughts. This concludes today's show. I hope you will join us on Monday again, when our technical analysts will provide their key takeaways for the week to come. Goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. 
Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Baer experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.